The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. There has been more tough news from the aviation industry. It came early this morning as Calgary-based WestJet announced it has indefinitely suspended operations to a number of Atlantic cities, including Moncton, Fredericton, Sydney, and Charlottetown. Service to Halifax and St. John's will be significantly reduced with changes coming into effect November 2nd. The president of WestJet, and uh, Ed Sims, says a number of factors are to blame. The lack of travel demand combined with domestic quarantines means that sadly we can no longer maintain our full Canadian network of service. So WestJet is saying that those changes announced today is the equivalent to nearly 80% of its seat capacity to Atlantic Canada. The flight suspensions, as I mentioned, begin November 2nd. Um, The CEO, again, Ed Sims, saying that uh, he understands the challenge that uh, this, this will will mean for many families trying to get home, uh, especially at Christmas time. And he feels, uh, you know, he, he says a lot of thought went into making this decision. So in addition to the flight changes, WestJet said it would be laying off an additional 100 corporate and support employees, a lot of employees already laid off. Brent Bala is the publisher of Western Aviation News. He joins us once again this afternoon. Brett, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jalen. Glad to be with you. Man, oh man, every time I read something like this, it it seems to me like it's just another nail in the coffin of the industry uh, in North America and here in Canada. Just how bad uh, is today's announcement? It uh, it is a lot of bleeding. Uh, You know, WestJet, to its credit, has maintained services. It it had 38 cities uh, coming into the pandemic. So back in February, it had 38 cities in Canada it served. And it prided itself in saying, we still serve all those cities. Mm. Now, it cut flights and, and cut routes, but it still served the same number of cities. This is the first time that they've backed away from, uh, as you mentioned, mm. five cities, uh, all of them in the east, where, frankly, WestJet has been pushing to expand over the last few years. Yeah, you look at that. What do they said? It's about 80% of capacity that they've cut in Atlantic Canada. And uh, again, for those who uh, might still be traveling back and forth from uh, the oil patch, uh, you know, out uh, out east mm-hmm. and back and forth here. I mean, in Alberta, I mean, I think a lot of people are sitting up and taking notice uh, of this. We know that WestJet and, and other airlines and airports continue to ask the government uh, for loans and, and some subsidies. It seems that there's been a lot of talk no action on this front brett what is the latest on on that front that is exactly the right way to put it there's been a lot of talk um and precious little action now most airports and airlines have taken advantage of the the wage subsidy the canada emergency wage subsidy um but there's been no specific actions for the aviation industry. Uh, in the last throne speech, the Liberal government, uh, the federal Liberal government, talked about uh, you know good words about tourism and encouraging regional travel, but yeah. didn't promise anything specifically for aviation. Uh, airports right now, Edmonton International is among the airports setting its budgets for next year, and they don't know what kind of world they're going to have to deal with, and so that makes it really hard when you have to set things like the airport improvement fee that we all pay every time we fly, or the fees charged to airlines. If you don't know how much money's coming in, it's hard to budget how much money's going out, uh, just like any family finance, really.
You, uh, on your website, Western Aviation News, uh, wrote an article the other day about the Canadian Airports Council making a plea in a letter set, sent to the finance and transport ministers recently saying, hey, you know what, we we need hundreds of millions of dollars in pandemic relief. Can you tell us, you, you've seen a copy of that letter. Can you tell us what was in it? And, and, and I mean, we know it's dire, but I'm suspecting that they outlined just how dire. Can you tell us about it? It is. It's really dire. So, so airports over the next uh, 15 months or so are facing a loss of four and a half billion dollars in revenues. Wow. And these go back to all the fees that passengers generate just because they go to the airport and and fly from one place to another. And so, we've seen cancellations of capital projects, uh, layoffs. The Airport Council, in their letter, estimates 50% of people who used to work at airports have now been laid off. Mm. And if that number is even close to true, that means about 100,000 people have, have lost their job in aviation across the country. And so it just detail a very dire situation. And they say, look, time is of the essence. We need an answer, which, by the way, they still haven't gotten. No, and you know what, Brett, maybe just to, to clarify something for, for folks. I mean, I think we have a, a pretty good idea of how, how airlines make their monies, make their money, but when it comes to airports themselves, you talk yeah. about those those fees that we pay by going to the airport. How how does an airport make money? Do they get money back from, from the airlines for being able to house their hubs there? I mean, we're, we're, what's the main yeah. income generator at airports? So the main income generator is landing fees. So that is the fee. For example, at Edmonton International, we'll, we'll just go with Edmonton International. Yeah. Every time an Air Canada flight from Toronto lands at Edmonton, Air Canada pays a fee to mm. use the terminal, to use the runway, uh, and to use all the services. And so those fees are paid directly from the airline to the airport. There's another set of fees, which are airport improvement fees, which when you buy a ticket to fly from Edmonton to Toronto, you'll look at the bottom of your Air Canada, at the price, and it says other charges and fees. Mm. And included in that is what's called the airport improvement fee. And that is used to pay, the airports use that money to pay for capital renovations, renovations to the runway, expand the terminal, uh, all those things that are required to offer services. And so we as passengers pay that every time we buy a ticket. And then every time we park, that's another way that airports make their money. Uh, parking okay. bring in a lot of money. And so those are the major three ways that passengers drive revenues at airports. And so when passengers aren't flying anywhere, like now, the revenue dries up for airports. Yeah, Brett, thank you for outlining that because I think that just really paints a, a really, uh, you know, a really, you know, I don't want to say good picture, but you know what I'm saying—a really good picture of yeah. just you know how and, and low those, how that's da- how far down. You know, if you don't have anyone going to the airport, if you don't have flights coming in and out of the airport, the airports aren't making any money. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 so when when flight when flight numbers when passenger numbers drop by ninety percent, mm. for most airports that night that's ninety percent of their revenues they'll never see again. Yeah. So, you know, when we talk about, you know, the, the need for um, money, the pandemic relief, Brett, you know, how much would we be talking about here and how long do you think that that would need to be in place? I mean, if we if you were to ballpark a number on what would save the industry right now or what would keep it afloat, um, what are we looking at? 
Oh, that is a great question. Even I, I put this question to the airports uh, uh, <laughs> last week, and uh, they didn't have an actual number because it all depends, again, on whether people start to fly, which depends on will the government open the borders? Uh, will there be a vaccine? Will there be uh, testing, rapid testing at airports? All these things will influence how quickly aviation recovers. We're, but we are looking at, you know, five years until it gets back to where it was last year. Wow. And if it is five years, that will be, you know, upwards of probably 10 to $15 billion lost in the industry as a whole. Brett Bella from West... Western Aviation News joining us this afternoon. Uh, Brett, you mentioned um, we know in the throne speech that there was a small bone that was that was thrown to the to the industry and to the tourism industry uh, itself. You know, mainly focusing on on regional airlines. Why do you think uh, there hasn't been anything done on that front? When we look at the money that's been handed out um, across the country, I'm wondering if there's just you know not the money there to give and and how. The, how the government is now trying to, to balance how how it could help and, and where that money is, is going to come from and what it could possibly open up, um, you know, more aid to. I mean, I know Canadians right now are going, how the hell are we going to pay for all of this? Mm-hmm. Um, why, do, why do you think that the, it, there hasn't been um, action on this front from the from the federal government? I think uh, I think you hit on a good point. Is the money there, and how do we pay for it? I think that is a big point. Um, who gets the money? It's never clear. Like, do you want it to go to Air Canada? Well, not everyone does. So, who gets yeah. the money is another key question that's never been solved. Um, I think, reading the tea leaves, I think there is a, a, a political perception, or at least a, a worry at the political level, uh, to directly subsidize airlines in particular, because Canada is not that far removed from privatizing most of the system. Air Canada was a crown corporation in the 80s. Um, And so they don't really want to get back involved. And I also think there's a political price to pay that they're worried about, where the airlines are still getting hammered on the issue of refunds. They didn't refund money back in March when they canceled flights because of COVID. And people are still angry about that. Because some individuals are out thousands of dollars and were only given travel vouchers by airlines for a flight that they don't want to take anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if it would, well, and again, you know, given what we've seen over the past number of months, I was just going to say, I wonder if it would make a difference if it was a, a majority government and, and the possibility of, a, of an election wasn't as as possible, right? We know it would be a couple of years away and, and, and not, um, you know, be subject to a confidence vote. And I just, Perhaps, I, you know, um, I'm just, yeah. Yeah, I've talked to a few Conservative MPs, though, who have been on side with airports and airlines saying, yeah, they obviously need help. Um, So there might be a little bit more willingness to move than the government assumes or thinks. So, so Brett, here's the thing: the longer that that this goes on, the longer that we, you know, we we still don't have a vaccine. Uh, we, you know, we're still working on rapid testing. We know it's, you know, they're trying it out here at Edmonton Inter- International. I'm going to ask you about that as well. But the longer that this goes on, what 
what do you think then the landscape looks like in the airline industry in this country a year from now, five years from now? And and I'm interested in, in knowing, you know, who survives, who doesn't. Again, uh, crystal balling here. But when it comes to the cost of travel, I think a lot of people are interested in that and, you know, how that could look um, moving forward. I, I think, um, you know, be prepared for more expensive travel, certainly in the next two to three years. Uh, I think that will just be the norm until uh, the whole efficiency of the system gets back up to where it, where it was. You know, people are making money again. Until that happens, be prepared to pay more. Um, as for airlines, it's hard to say. Uh, um, WestJet doesn't report its finances publicly anymore, but today's cuts are an indication that things aren't going very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Air Canada does report they've been burning through cash, but they had a pile of cash they were sitting on before the pandemic, so they might be in decent shape. Uh, but I think that we'll see more and more regional routes cut back. Um, I think it, almost a question of the, the rich get richer. The, the four hub airports, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, and Calgary, I think they'll be okay. Um, I think secondary cities will struggle to get flights, and that include Edmonton in that. Even though it's a big city, I think it will have a hard time attracting the flights that a city of its size should have. Before I let you go, Brett, uh, rapid testing, as I mentioned, it's uh, being tried out. Uh, there's a there's a test run out at Edmonton International and I think Vancouver as well. They're doing it. Uh, they're trying out as well. How important is this in, in trying to get the industry back up and running? I think it could be huge, uh, especially if the airlines manage to convince the government that testing is the way to open borders and get people traveling safely. Uh, Hawaii is doing that right now on on flights from the west coast of the United States. Uh, You either quarantine or you get a test, um, and that has encouraged some traffic back to Hawaii. From, uh, from domestic markets in the United States. So I'm, I'm thinking the airlines are hoping that Canada looks at it and does it pulls the same conclusion that testing is a good replacement for quarantines. Brett, always great to talk with you. I, I hope someday we're, we're talking about uh, more positive news in the airline oh, uh, nice? industry, in the aviation industry. It sure would be. You can find out uh, more and read uh, Brett's writings at westernaviationnews.com. Brett, thanks for joining me this afternoon. You're welcome. My pleasure.